0: patient-centered, family-sensitive
1: care, Temecula Valley Hospital, presenting our series of informative podcasts. It's TVH Health Chat with Melanie Cole. Welcome to TVH Health Chat with Temecula Valley Hospital. I'm Melanie Cole, and today we're discussing TAVR and shockwave technology, life before and after a TAVR, what this is like for patients. Joining me is Dr. William Suh, He's an interventional cardiologist and a member of the medical staff at Temecula Valley Hospital. Dr. Said, I'd like to start with a little physiology lesson as it were for the listeners. What do our heart valves do? And explain a little bit about how they fail and who might be at risk for heart valve disease.
0: So there are four main valves of the heart. Um, And the aortic valve is the main outflow valve of the heart. Uh, The left ventricle pumps through the aortic valve and then the aorta delivers oxygenated blood to the rest of the body. And in the ways that an aortic valve can fail is, one, it can have a leak and that's called aortic regurgitation. But another way that it could fail is to be stenotic where the valve doesn't open as well as it should. And older people, um, as they age, the valve can get thickened and calcified, and those valve leaflets don't open as far as they should, and that's what causes pressure buildup in the ventricle and in the heart. And so patients will oftentimes feel chest pain, shortness of breath, or have fainting episodes uh, that are the symptoms related to severe aortic stenosis.
1: So then what had been the standard treatment for a failed valve, and thank you so much for that answer by the way, and what can be done now for certain people? Tell us about TAVR because this is really a very interesting procedure.
0: So TAVR is spelled T-A-V-R, stands for transcatheter aortic valve replacement, Um, and it is a alternative therapy to the traditional open heart surgery and surgical aortic valve replacement. So, the TAVR procedure was first performed in France in 2002, um, and since then, the technology has really uh, rapidly been developed um, over the last um, 18 years. So, this is a very exciting technology in which patients originally were not surgical candidates, um, were treated with the TAVR procedure, and through multiple clinical trials, now we're able to offer this procedure in even low-risk surgical patients. So many patients, because of the less invasive nature of the TAVR procedure, often will choose to have TAVR instead of the traditional open-heart surgery.
1: So if you are replacing a valve, Dr. Sa, and there's a lot of calcium in the veins, in these arteries, you're replacing a valve. How do these devices get in there if there's calcification all the way around? Tell us a little bit about shockwave technology and how it helps to really enable that access for TAVR and how it helps you to get vessel expansion while you're doing what you need to do.
0: So calcium is actually um, important in how the valve is implanted because it's the calcium within the valve leaflets that actually allows the valve to be anchored when we put a stent inside the diseased valve. Um, But calcium in the leg arteries, which is the usual approach that we take to do the TAVR procedure, can make things more difficult in advancing our interventional equipment. So as you stated, if there is a lot of calcium that's surrounding the whole artery and it prohibits the delivery sheath to be advanced to the aorta, um, that can make uh, things very difficult from a groin approach. And oftentimes, we have to look at alternative approaches like subclavian or axillary artery, or now what's become more popular is the transcarotid approach where we go through the neck artery. But what's exciting about Shockwave is that this technology um, is able to deliver high-energy sound waves to break up the calcium that's in the leg arteries and allows us to keep the procedure in the groin and away from the alternative access. We know that patients that are treated from the groin approach is uh, the safest way to do TAVR. There is less stroke, um, and there's also um, lower mortality uh, when you treat the patients uh, from a femoral approach rather than alternative access. So Shockwave really has been able to help us achieve good outcomes.
1: Then tell us a little bit about the Sapien 3 Ultra, which is a newer version of the Edwards Taver valve, and really because all of this is so exciting, and listeners may not really understand how exciting your field is.
0: Yes, so the original Sapien valve had a stainless steel cage um, that um, did not have an outer skirt, uh, that would help prevent leak around the valve when the valve was implanted. And the Sapien 3 is the third generation valve that did have this outer sealing skirt. But the new Sapien 3 Ultra, the skirt is a little bit taller. Um, the skirt is now textured. So because of those two characteristics, uh, the valve is able to get a better seal and there's less pervalvular leak um, after the valve procedure. We know that in patients that have severe or moderate perivalvular leak, the long-term outcomes are not as good. So we want to try to mimic a surgical result and not to have any leak. And so the Sabian 3 Ultra is able to achieve that in more patients.
1: Isn't that fascinating? Now let's talk about what life is like for a patient before having TAVR and after. What have you seen as far as outcomes and quality of life, Dr. Sa?
0: So that's a great question. So oftentimes patients will feel fatigue, shortness of breath, low energy um, before having the valve procedure, the TAVR procedure done. Once the valve is put in, it's a usually an overnight stay in the hospital, and many times the patients are telling us that even the next day that they feel so much more energy. Uh, they their breathing is easier. One of the common things is that they say that they've finally gotten a full night's sleep. Um, after having the valve procedure done. We oftentimes see that there's better color um, in their complexion, um, meaning that their head is getting more blood flow. So um, the immediate benefits are seen uh, oftentimes. I mean, there are certain cases where the patients don't benefit uh, as much uh, because there are other things going on, whether it be lung disease or other factors that are causing them to not feel well. But the vast majority of patients... Um, almost on day two after the procedure are feeling a lot better. And we know that uh, patients that are not treated in the long term, they do have a high mortality if the aortic stenosis is not treated. So this really is a procedure that helps people live longer as well as feel better.
1: Isn't that amazing what you can do now? And and, uh, who does these procedures? I introduced you as an interventional cardiologist. Will you explain what that is for the listeners and the difference between an interventional cardiologist, a cardiologist, and a cardiothoracic surgeon. Tell us a little bit about your field.
0: Sure. So um, an interventional cardiologist is a cardiologist that did additional training so that we're able to perform catheter-based procedures. So we do not use a scalpel and make any incisions in the body. this transcatheter aortic valve replacement procedure is actually done by a heart team. Uh, the heart team consists of an interventional cardiologist, a cardiac surgeon, a cardiac anesthesiologist, as well as our imaging cardiologist. So there's a lot of different people involved in the care of our TAVR patients. Um, as a heart team. Uh, the cardiac surgeon, you know, they um, do open heart surgery. Uh, they can do very complex uh, repairs um, when there are multiple problems with the heart. But oftentimes now, we're making decisions about our patients as a heart team. Uh, when, we, uh, when we get more uh, people involved, uh, we're able to um, brainstorm, uh, come up with the best solution for an individual patient.
1: As we wrap up, Dr. Saw, let the listeners know what you would like them to know about the TAVR procedure. Should they need a valve replacement, and really, the fascinating part of this technology that is shockwave technology that helps you really to get that valve in place.
0: What I'd like the take-home message to be to our patients is that if they're. Uh, is, are any symptoms related uh, to the heart and potentially to the aortic valve? Uh, is not to wait uh, to seek uh, consultation with your doctor, with a cardiologist, and uh, get an evaluation because this is a therapy that can be life-saving. And the shockwave technology, again, is just another example of how medical technology is advancing to be able to provide superior outcomes and to make the lives of patients as well as the lives of the practicing physicians easier to help people feel better.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Sa, for coming on today and sharing your incredible expertise. Thank you again. That concludes this episode of TVH Health Chat with Temecula Valley Hospital. Please visit our website at TemeculaValleyHospital.com for more information and to get connected with one of our providers. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and all the other Temecula Valley Hospital podcasts. Physicians are independent practitioners who are not employees or agents of Temecula Valley Hospital. The hospital shall not be liable for actions or treatments provided by physicians. I'm Melanie Cole.